It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling, welcome to the Around the House Pro Insider. This is where we talk about stuff and trades. For all of you out there, whether you're building a house, designing one, selling materials to go into it, everybody in the residential construction and remodeling business. Well, today I wanted to jump back and talk about job site security because, you know, with things getting more expensive, we're noticing job site thefts going up. And this is a product that I just absolutely loved using artificial intelligence to protect a job site, a home, an office, a building, anything else. So let's jump out to my interview, you know, last year with Dave Selinger from Deep Sentinel. And this dude is absolutely amazing. And this product I use at my house. So it's something to take a look at because I think this is your answer for job site thefts. Now let's go talk to Dave. Eric, Carolyn, glad to be here. I'm excited to to chat with you. Uh, as, as you mentioned, right? I mean, I, I, I'm a homeowner. I've been a homeowner for a long time. I love stuff. Um, I got my degree in robotics. And so that allows me to fiddle in electronics a little bit, lets me fiddle in mechanics a little bit. And mostly mess up my house so that my wife has me throw away old projects all, all day long. So that's um, that's who I am in a nutshell. Whew, I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, just to not put not too fine a point on it right now, I I'm replacing my main meter, and I decided I didn't want to redo the stucco, so I took out the sheetrock behind it, and then I realized that the supply chain for electrical components is not so good, <laughs> and. So that sheetrock is still open in my <laughs> living room and has been for a week. So, you know, I mean, that's that's the life of being married to me. <laughs> yeah, I've got some drywall stuff that I've got to get scaffolding in the living room <laughs> to get up to get in the ceiling. And it's I don't have scaffolding yeah, in my living room. <laughs> it's I mean, I got to finish. It's up there. There's a layer of tape on it, but I haven't gone in, moved all the furniture, got it all ready to go up there and got scaffolding in there to get the rest of that. So my wife's been very patient. I think if we could retitle tape to be trim, nice. then it's finished. Yeah. You just put the trim There on. we go. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, we're going to do some deep dive into home improvement here, but I wanted to talk about what you have come up with a solution that has been my biggest pain around my house because I've got all these different cameras and stuff. I'm not in a bad security area here. I'm in a pretty nice neighborhood. Um, but I wake up in the morning, I grab my iPhone and I look at it and go, Oh wow. My, um, Xfinity cameras fired off seven times last night. My ring went off four times. Is everything out there still? Because I'm not waking up every time a squirrel goes running across my driveway. And you came up with a solution for this. Thank God you're not. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and not only that, I mean, like, I, so to, to Deep Sentinels, the company that I started, I started about three and a half years ago. Uh, and, and that's exactly the problem that we set out to solve was there's all this technology out there, but is it really making us safer? Is it even really making us feel safer? Right. I mean, there's, there's been some studies that the amount of alerts you're getting from your cameras actually makes you feel guilty. Anxiety. Makes you feel Me. anxiety. Oh, my gosh. For, totally oh, anxiety. Those 20. Yes. Right. I feel bad. Like I, I bought this technology that made me feel good for a week and now makes me feel bad for the rest of my life. That's wow. That's awesome. I want to spend more money on that. And it, and, and, and what really brought that point home to me was I had this meeting, as you mentioned, I'm a technologist. We had a, we had a neighborhood watch meeting because 
we had a break-in of one of our neighbors that turned into a home invasion and she has cameras. In fact, she has like top of the line, multi-thousand dollar POE cameras installed on the walls. She has an alarm system and she had a home invasion where she, you know, was like locked in her house for four hours. The, 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 the cameras have exactly what you expect the cameras to have. 20 minutes of video of these guys with masks outside going inside and then coming out four hours later. So we have the, the homeowners meeting with the police and I have the, the, I don't know, the, I, I'm the nominal head of our neighborhood watch. And I asked the cop, Hey man, why didn't these things stop this from happening? Which is, which is, by the way, that's the question that deep Sentinel set out to answer. Why didn't these things stop these things from happening? And the cop looks at me and said, you just spent five minutes introducing yourself as the technology guy. What the hell did you expect <laughs> the do. cameras and the alarm system <laughs> to do? And it was this blank moment. I mean, I, I flushed a little bit. I felt a little bit embarrassed. I positioned myself as being really smart. And I was like, oh my God, he's so incredibly right. What, what are they going to do? And for me, security is obviously like I've got two little girls at home. I've got my wife. I used to travel a bunch before COVID. And security is something I thought I had nailed. I spend the money. I spend 50 bucks a month on my alarm. I spent the money on the cameras. I am an awesome dad father. And this cop just made me feel so incredibly small in that moment. And I realized he's right. I, I have been lulled into this sense of safety that is a false sense of security. And as I have dug in, I have learned that Deep Sentinel, not only do we stop crimes, we're, we're designed to take this technology and stop crimes. We're the only company that does that. Everything else is creating this false sense of security. And let me let me just yeah, introduce definitely. you what Deep Sentinel does, right? So what, what Deep Sentinel is, is it's, we're camera-based, we're outside of your home, outside of your business. And instead of sending alerts to you, well, we do that and you can get alerts and stuff like that. We run the camera instantly within less than a second, about 250 milliseconds, your video is going to an AI. And that AI is asking every single frame, boom, is there something suspicious happening? Boom, is there something suspicious happening? Doing that 20 times a second, bam, 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 bam. As soon as it finds something suspicious, instead of just sending you an alert, it sends it to a trained guard. And that guard's job is within 10 seconds to intervene, stop that crime from proceeding, get that person off of your property, and if needed, engage the police. And so we stop 10, 15, 20 crimes hmm. a day. And our job again is stop them instead of letting them go. And, you know, I, I could go into all the stats about alarms and these other technologies, but I think once you really ask yourself, exactly. what's it going to do? Right. I mean, that's well, a great example. I mean, and I'm going to throw some shade on these guys because they're the McDonald's of them out there, but. It can take me 10 seconds to open up my Ring app once I've hit it to get the camera to open up. And I've got a super high-speed internet connection. Yeah, I mean, that was one of my very first observations when I really started digging into this was, well, what are we really going to do? What When do you have to intervene to stop a crime? You've got to be fast. And so the time it takes for our cameras to get from observing somebody moving to identifying a problem, that's 250 milliseconds, like I said, to actually having a guard view it, that's less than five seconds. You have a live person viewing your feet around your house, around your business with the intention, trained, awake at two in the morning, <laughs> let me just mention, by the way, 24 seven, you are not awake at two in the morning, I hope, or, or if you are, you're not looking yeah. at the camera, you're doing something fun. And, and then they're intervening in oh. under 10 seconds. 
And that, that my friend, hearing someone at two in the morning say, hey, this is Deep Sentinel Security. Oh. What are you doing there? Hey, this is Deep Sentinel Security. Can I help you? That's what you need to put a stop to these crimes. And that's, I mean, again, I've got two little girls. This is a mission-driven company. My, my fundamental belief is everybody should feel safe, period. I think that affects our politics. That affects our interpersonal relationships. Everybody should feel safe. And this is the first technology that I've seen that can actually deliver. Man, on that and speed is so key for that because that's probably my biggest. And I and I do a lot of testing because you know I do a lot of speaking for the for the Big Kitchen of Bass Show and, and Design Show every year. That's in either Vegas or Florida for the Design and Construction Week. And I test a lot of stuff out, but that's been my biggest complaint is. I'll install it in my house. I've got a great fast system. I've got a smart home hub that works well. Doesn't matter if I'm working direct off the app or what. It can take me 15 or 20 seconds to answer a doorbell or anything else around there. And to me, when time matters, that's way too long. I mean, absolutely. Right. And then if you look at it as a system, how many hours a day do you sleep? Let me give you a hint. It's greater than zero, right? And all of those times, that's why when you go on Nextdoor, you go on Facebook, like, hey, I caught this guy stealing my stuff last night. Catch him. No. You didn't catch them. You documented he stole it. it. <laughs> congratulations. We have a t-shirt at Deep Set, and we'll send it to you that says, congratulations on catching that guy stealing your stuff. Uh, Let us know if you want us to stop him next time. Well, that's that's the problem, though, it, is I mean, that, that all these camera systems, all you're doing is documenting the crime. Yep. And, and when you've got people in masks, you've got people going super quick through your stuff. Let's look at the trend of crime. Like what kind of types of crimes are actually happening right now? Certainly burglaries occur, but the majority of crimes you're seeing are mail theft, mm-hmm. package theft, auto burglary, theft from a driveway, theft of like uh, copper, right? For all your DIYers out there that are buying electrical, yeah. holy smokes, is Huge. copper expensive, um, catalytic converters. None of these systems stop that stuff. And, and the, the whole key of the game here for us is prevention, nice. prevention, prevention. Nice. So what prevention. do you need to do if if you're a homeowner and you're like, okay, this is for me. Do you need to have a special internet connection? What what do you need to do to really kind of lock in a great service with? Uh... Yeah, so, so I mean, we do require a real like high-speed internet connection. You've got to have at least five megabits per second upstream. And that's because we don't care about you downloading your Netflix videos. I mean, that's cool. Right? Like, go get your Netflix, Netflix videos. What we care about is that video getting to a guard in less than 10 seconds, because that's what I promise you. So when you set up your system, if you don't have a fast enough connection, it actually won't even let you continue, right? It will literally stop you in the install, say, call customer care, because we promise you that we're going to stop these crimes. We need to make sure that you've got that. So you do have to have a real high speed internet connection. But from there, what's super cool, you get this box, you get a hub that has the AI chip in it. You get three cameras, four, four batteries. You drill in one screw per camera and you're done. It's like 30 minutes. If you're an experienced DIY, it's 30 minutes mm-hmm. and you're up and running. And at the end of that 30 minutes, you're not looking at videos on your camera. You're waving your cameras and you're hearing, hey, this is Jenny at Deep Sentinel. Thanks for setting up. I appreciate you trusting us with your business. I got you. Your cameras are set up right. I checked That's them all cool. and you look awesome. I love Dude, that. that is ridiculous. That is, that's our magic moment. I spent literally 18 months building our first product that we shipped and, and our, all my employees hated me by the end of it. Cause it was like, no, this moment, 
everything is a buildup to the moment where they set up their first camera. And instead of looking down at their phone to see if they can see the stream, they look up at the camera and the camera says hello to them. And it's a real Dude. person. Powerful. Very cool. Powerful. That is awesome. That's the moment. And there's not another system out there that does that. Not, not at all, right? Like that's 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 what we focus on is that value prop. I mean, in fact, I was late uh, joining you today a little bit. I'm sorry about that. And the reason was because uh, my gas company was here to uh, to come visit me. They had knocked on my front door, <laughs> and I don't look at I don't get alerts actually for motion or anything on my cameras. I only get alerts when guards talk. And so I got an alert that there was a guard talking to someone at my front door. And after one minute, the guards will always intervene and say, "Hey, can I help you?" And he's like, "Hey, I'm just." PGE guy, I'm sorry. But what was great about that was I know I don't have to worry about it. Like I'm not having this stressful moment. My guards are even for people that are supposed to be here, engaging them, making sure that they're taken That's care so of. That is better. amazing. And since we've started talking here, my phone has kicked off five different alerts. Oh. I, don't, I never understood. Like, I, I never got into the ring doorbell. I just, I couldn't get a grasp, grasp the concept. I'm like, why, why do you want to know who's at your door? And, and, and with me, if you're a female and someone is at your door, you're not, I'm not going to go answer the door. So what's the point? Like, if, I, I just never got the idea of it. And this is so fantastic. Man, Carolyn, I don't, I don't want to be sexist in this comment, so, but I am going to talk about gender a little bit because it's important to us. I've got two little girls and I think about safety so differently having two little girls mm -hmm. than I did as a, growing up yeah. as a, as a, as a male. And, uh, and, and if I've crossed the line there, I apologize, but it's true. Like I, I it is a different ball game and our, one of our first beta testers was uh, a friend of mine. She's a single woman and she was the reason our guards every day when they ended their shift, she was the reason they would be proud of their job. They would, they would raise their hand and say, I was the person that escorted her That's from her amazing. car to her front door today. And, it it's so rewarding. I mean, that's a job that matters versus, I mean, I'll, I'll pick on ADT a little bit here, right? If you have door and window sensors and, and you your door and window sensor goes off, the people that work in their call center, let me tell you what their job is like every day. I look at the screen, call, okay, I'm going to call Poughkeepsie Police. Hi, Poughkeepsie Police. I have an open window at this address. Okay, can you tell me anything about the crime? I have an open window at this address. Uh, is the person in duress? I uh, have an open window <laughs> oh at 123 Main Street. Okay, cool. Is there a crime being committed? I have an open window at 123 Main Street. And I'll tell you, you know what Yawn. police do when they get that call? Yawn. They'll register it. They, when they have in their, their dispatch systems, typically they have priority one, priority two, priority three, and alarm calls. And it goes into the alarm calls category because there's it's 95% false alarms. Cops don't want to respond. When we call, I'll, I'll give you a real call from Deep Sentinel. I, I, this is David Deep Sentinel. I have a white male, approximately six foot tall. He's not wearing a shirt covered in tattoos. He's banging on this door. We've asked him to leave five times. The homeowner is inside. He's armed and he's scared for his safety. That guy in tattoos, he was in handcuffs. This wasn't Boom. police. Mm. There you in go. handcuffs two minutes and 15 seconds later. Boom. And every single police department, every one of your buddies and, and, and friends that are cops, they're going to tell you, that's the call that I'm going to respond. I'm going to flip my lights on. And if I am doing something else, yep. I'm pulling someone over no and question. giving him a ticket. That is, that they're lucky so, day because I'm gone. It's, it's amazing. You can do that with that. And I mean, I've the technology's there. And it's I'm kind of laughing because you're the only one that's figured this out. In my house that I'm in now, I had ADT installed <laughs> yeah. in here that was probably 1980s. And I tell you, 45 minutes with 
wire cutters <laughs> and cleaning it all out. And, you know, I, I got $7 of the wire at the recycling place when I went there. But I'm like, yeah, no thanks. Uh, this isn't going to work for me. I'm going to play devil's yeah, advocate. Do you mind it. if I do that, Dave? So if you have um, how the system works, how is your, how are you directly connected to either the 911 system or the police system? And then, so say we were in, so we went through this with the flooding, right? We had a natural, natural disaster here. We had, I'm in the Northeast, we had massive flooding and you had all of these emergency alerts going off. And the problem was that we had people who actually died on the roads. I'm just using the roads as an example, but who died on the roads during floods because the, the system was so overloaded with calls that people couldn't get through. And so yep. I'm just adding this as like, you know, I'm just curious to know how your system's designed and then what do you do if there is an influx of all these calls? Like, can you get through? Does it help to have, I'm sure it does, making the call, et cetera. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll answer that in three different ways, right? The first one is we stop and do not escalate to police 95, 96, 97, 98, 99% of crimes. Most criminals go into a situation, you'll see it, go to our YouTube channel, by the way, go to the Deep Settle YouTube channel, you'll see this day after day, second after second, hour after hour. Most of the time when we say, this is Deep Settle Security, I see you, I need you to leave they the freak property out. right They're now. just like, oh. freak out and they go. And, and that's because criminals are of the mindset, maybe I'm going to get caught, maybe I'm going to get caught. And as soon as they hear that, this isn't a siren usually, person. it's a person addressing you personally to, to prevent the crime. And, and so that's, First and foremost, one of the things that, that, and I'll get into why cops love us in a second, but that's because we don't have to call them. Most of the time we're stopping things. That's great. And by the time we call the cops, this is the second thing, we have a reason. We've told them, this isn't a stranger that I'm not sure of. He's in my backyard and it's a little bit suspicious. I've asked this person to leave five times. They're known to me and they're causing a threat. That is a, a call that when police receive it into their system, they prioritize it according to the information that they're receiving. And then the third thing is just a tactical bit. We tie straight into 911. When our operators are calling, we call straight into 911. We don't call into the non-emergency line. We call straight into the emergency line. Um, we partner with one of the companies that actually runs the 911 infrastructure for almost all the police departments in, uh, in the country. So we don't, it's not like we quote unquote hop the queue per se, but we tie right into the places so that speed when speed is of the essence, we're there. Um, the, the last thing I would add is, again, let's contrast that with our alarm company. So, you, you know, I brought up ADT. I keep <laughs> picking on them because they're easy. Yeah. They're the McDonald's, right? Um, you know, a lot of people, they believe that their alarm company has a special relationship with their police department and they're going to respond quickly. That is the right. general it's belief. Right, marketing ploy. <laughs> In fact, we did a study yeah. and we we did a poll of homeowners to get a sense of like, do you when do you think the police are going to respond? Most people thought it was less than five minutes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the actual answer is most people live in a jurisdiction. Most Americans live in a jurisdiction where their police department is so fed up with false alarm calls from their alarm company. They have passed a law. They've gone to the city council, had the city council pass a law that states that the police department does not have to respond to burglar alarm companies. Many jurisdictions are actually involved in a special relationship with alarm companies called a lawsuit where they're suing the alarm companies. If you search for TMA, the Monitoring Association, this is the organization that the ADT hides yep. behind. They're suing Sandy Springs, Georgia. They're suing Seattle, uh, Washington. They were engaged in a lawsuit in, uh, in Orange County in Los Angeles because 
the police department was saying, I'm fed up with this. I'm going to start fining you for false alarms. And they said, you can't do that. You can't do that. We as I can, right? We're, we're the police. We respond to calls when there's something going on. We don't respond to these non-events that you're sending us to. And especially if you think about police in this last year, they're that's, under fire from a lot of different saying, directions. Right? Oh man, I live right in Portland, there. Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough being a cop. And, it, and and it's not to say there isn't reform necessary, yeah. right? Like I, I'd be the last person to say that, but cops are undergoing a lot of threats. If you look at um, the Officer Down mm-hmm. Memorial page, I don't know if you're a member of that. That's where when officers uh, pass away in the line of duty, they're registered. COVID, 15 to 45 a month. The average month sees between two and five officers down across the country, COVID blew yep. that up. Um, so on top of all that, you have uh, police officers saying, I don't wanna go into situations where my career are gonna be, is gonna be put in jeopardy over nothing. Well, what's an alarm call? An alarm call is 95% false alarm. You're being asked to pull out your weapon. You're being asked to enter a situation where maybe the best case scenario is I find a criminal, but all the other cases are, I've pulled my gun out and I'm greeting the homeowner with my gun drawn. That's a dangerous situation for everyone involved. Deep Sentinel removes all of those risks for the police. We remove all those risks for the homeowner. We remove all those risks for the community. And and that's, you know, again, I, I said this before we got on here. I've got a chance to start a lot of companies. This one is my favorite and it's the most rewarding. I wake up every single day jazzed to go to work. I mean, I'm working in my home, so I go upstairs, <laughs> right? But like as beyond all life to go to work because every morning I wake up to 20 emails from my head of security saying, here are the crimes I stopped today. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's so many things out there that I'm seeing, you know, the, the home invasions and all that different stuff out there. I mean, I, I lived in a neighborhood that um, had a home invasion and it was rampant in my neighborhood when I lived in Seattle. It's scary. And it's scary. And Man, if I would have had this service back then, it saved me a ton of grief. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what's rewarding there in that sense, you know, my wife and I, we've been through a lot together and I, I've i started other tech companies that she thought were cool, but didn't care whether they went out of business. Like it just didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, with every trial and tribulation with Deep Sentinel, she just looks at me and says, this matters to us. I She hates cameras, by the way. She feels like they're creepy. <laughs> She, she's like very private person, but when you view the trade-off of, okay, these are all outdoor when they're at my house, I'm not, just don't walk around outside naked or turn the cameras off. You've got privacy settings and all this stuff. The trade-off to feeling safe every single day, all day long versus that it's easy. It's so black and white. Yeah. So for example, if you have like a driveway, do you point the camera like, so in our, we get a lot, obviously we live on a, in a country area and then there are main roads that run through and people like to pull in and steal cars, right? They try to get to your car. So would you point this camera at your vehicle, for example, and if someone was getting into it, would it alert them or, yeah. and, and how loud is it? Is it, I mean, could they he- hear it from a driveway next to a home or? Yeah. So we've got, um, it, it, that we build our own cameras for some of our customers. We also partner with existing cameras. Um, our camera itself has a 105 decibel speaker. And Ooh. so it's, it's loud enough that you can hear it. I mean, and, uh, and yeah, so what you do is you'd set it up. I have one in, I have actually two in my driveway, but, but I have one in my driveway and I point it right at where we park our cars. And then I draw a box in the app around where our cars are. And that way, anytime there's a human being that's like 
around our cars, especially at yeah. night. The guards are viewing it, they're looking at it, and they're they're preventing. And actually, car burglary is probably our number one or number two crime that we stop on a regular basis. And it's necessary. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's impressive, man. Mm, cool. It's it's great. I mean, I will say one thing though too is you get a view into people's lives. You know, I got this call. We had a guy that was reviewing it, right? And he's a professional reviewer, kind of like yourself, not as not as <laughs> prolific by by a good long stretch, but you know, he's a professional reviewer. And he calls me at nine o'clock in the morning and says, dude, you will not believe what just happened. Your guys just prevented my wife's car from getting stolen. And he has a, a Maserati and she left her keys to her Maserati in her unlocked Maserati. <laughs> Full stop. I do okay, that. Really? I okay. do that with my jet. Ja- my- oh! <laughs> My that Jaguar. Me insane. <laughs> Not to be, I, I've got a very nice Jaguar and I, I get lazy sometimes and I will leave my keys because oh, it automatically, and that's why I'm asking you. Wow. And that's the thing. You get a view into this and you're like, oh my God, people leave themselves so exposed. And he's like, did you not believe it? You guys set off the siren 10 seconds into the, the car theft and you saved it. Wow. And and, you know, I mean, it happens. Like, my, my wife does, too. I'm sure I do from time. I'm pretty anal retentive, though, so I don't do it very often. But you're, you're, you're blown away at how often these crimes of convenience are very much enabled by our view that I live in a you safe do. neighborhood, so therefore, excellent. You think out, you're out on right? so many acres, and, like, you know, I've got a pretty large property, and I'm like, who's coming out here to steal my car? And then you hear, oh, my God, someone up the street, their car got stolen. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm out in my car. I leave everything out there. I'm ready to go. It's, yeah. And that's that's the thing that I like that we provide. Right? It's like you can you can continue to kind of live in that, that sphere <laughs> where you're like, I don't need to live in fear all the time. And so for my house, I have a gate on the side that isn't locked, and and it's by our bedroom. But what I do is I put two cameras. I put one in front of it, pointed at the mm-hmm. gate. So if somebody's kind of messing with the gate, trying to get in, it catches them on the way in. And then I put one inside of our property, pointing at the gate. And and that way I do feel safe, right? I don't have to sit and worry about locks and things like that. I, I just you I live. live my life and I know that it's these guys' job to intervene in 10 seconds if anything's going on. And then again, like if something does happen and they're un- unable to de-escalate it, I get a call. You get a call within 15 See, seconds. See, Dave, you do more than just keep us safe. You let us live. That's even better. Yeah. I like You're that. You're our new spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> Dave lets us live. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to ask you about some of these DIY projects you got going on. We'll take a sidebar on mm. this for a minute. You sounds like you got the gas company out there. You got power Dude. you're doing. You got a project going. I I have a lot of projects going on right now. I, I my favorite project space is my RV. So I've got a fiver. Um nice. and I think that the, the reason I like the fiver is just everything's pretty simple, right? Your plumbing system's pretty linear, your electrical system's pretty linear, and you and you can kind of mess with it without burning your house down too often. And so that's that's where I do the most. I do a lot of just like the the hacks and stuff like that, add storage here, uh, do things like that. That's definitely, I will park my Fiverr in our driveway and live in it for a week, not because I have to, just because I can. That's so that's awesome. my safe kind of man cave space. Right now, I've also got our backyard. We just finished putting a pool in and building an outdoor kitchen and a pavilion. Uh, and that's what the gas is here for, is for the pool heater. And I'm, I'm putting some gas heaters in there. Uh, and then what else, what, what else have I done recently? And then I've got a bunch of DIY projects in here. You're in my office right now, uh, where I've got a bunch of star Wars stuff, probably my favorite 
DIY project Sick. in here. I don't know how many people are actually be watching, but I'll show it to yeah, you. Show it, we'll describe is it that for the people right listening. There. That is my BB-8. BBA. I just saw BB-8. So, <laughs> so when the first Star Wars uh, previews came out, I'm not a big fan of the the all the new movies, but I, I do like those ones. But as soon as I saw BB-8, I said, oh my gosh, I need to build that. So before they were out on all the websites we could do, I just said, I just, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to stop my life for a couple of weeks. I grabbed a bunch of raspberry pies and H bridges and stuff <laughs> like that. And I built myself a gravity driven BBA. That's cool. Uh, and that, you know, that's, that's kind of my life. And that's where my family misses me for a couple weeks <laughs> at a time. <laughs> well, Dave, I got a question for you off topic, but what do you think about uh, Boston Dynamics and some of those guys are doing with robotics? So cool. So cool. I, I can watch those videos all uh-huh. day long. It's a little creepy. <laughs> um, the dog's so dancing. I got my degree. And yeah, that's. Yeah, I, so I got my degree in AI and robotics. Uh-huh. And the AI side of it's where you're like, Ooh, wow, could that, that could really do some damage to the universe. But the, di- the, the, the mechanical dynamics of what they figured out, how to walk, how to maintain balance in a bipedal motion, it's, it's really, really incredible. I mean, if you go back 10 years, there was a, a robot called the Honda Human. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I you remember, remember that. that one. And it was the first bipedal two legs robot. And it walked at just under 0.01 miles per hour. And it was considered this, oh my God, right? like revolution. <laughs> and then you watch Boston Dynamics, like all run at like 15, 25 miles an hour, cutting through corners, up and down rocks, running through rubble slipping and falling and getting back up and you're just like that was 10 years <laughs> between here and there oh my gosh and, and and i mean we live in a marvel of technology like that like we just had the first flight of purely non-astronaut tourists go up into space and that only made the news cycle for like an hour and a half right right isn't that crazy are you kidding me yeah i mean yeah <laughs> And somehow they got to fit William Shatner's ego inside a spaceship and have the power to put that into outer space. That's amazing. Well, obviously, they left some of it in space because when he came down, he was pretty humble in his I speech. I love that. Yeah. And, and I think the hard part was once they got enough thrust to lift his ego off of the planet, <laughs> I think it just carried so much inertia. It just kept going. And it's halfway to Mars right now. Just you passed Mars mean. last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that guy. Wow, that was amazing to see him come down and and be, you know, at a loss for yeah. words first and foremost, and then to speak so humbly about the experience. It was amazing. So I had fun that day when he did that because I was impressed, and you know, and I and I I love throwing shade at Shatner just because it's it's low hanging fruit on that. I I pretty low yeah, bar. I, I threw up on Facebook a video of him doing his uh, chant of. You know how he did those spoken word albums of Rocket Man. Yes, <laughs> familiar, not proud. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if we if we sent him to space to represent humanity, it'd be like bad moment for all of us. There's better. There's better. There's better. <laughs> guys, the guy's ninety going to space. I mean, this is incredible, right? Like you said, I mean. But that's what that's amazing. That God bless him. I mean, really I, ridiculous. I'm lucky I, I I won't be in a walker when I'm like ninety. Like. How many G's was it? It was six yes. G's. Is that right? It's like break a hip just going oh, up. Man. You know what I mean? Like seriously, he's 90. Oh Can you imagine back 
30 or 40 years ago going, all right, hey, uh, Buzz Aldrin, in 40 years, we're going to put William Shatner in space. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have <laughs> seen what that reaction was, right? And yeah, Buzz would say, I wish I had my flight suit on so I could just pee in my pants. Exactly. Right <laughs> That's what he'd say. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> It's awesome. It's awesome. That makes me laugh. But uh, yeah, I mean, the robotics, I mean, mean, we're seeing now there's those guys out there that are, you know, with uh, Boston Dynamics that are doing the the, the hanging sheetrock with the robots and stuff now. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the amount of stuff that we can do effectively, it's it's a combination of uh, artificial intelligence, mechanics, electronics. One of the key things that a lot of people aren't aware of that's been going on in the background is something called material science, right? You see this in the DIY world, right? Our materials are getting cheaper. Well, except for the last two years, um, they're getting generally cheaper, they're getting lighter and they're getting stronger, right? You have fiberglass, carbon fiber, are kind of pretty visible versions of that. But in general, that's happening across the board in these things. And when you think about a robot, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize because we take it for granted in our body is that when you go out three joints, on your body and you're trying to bend something or express strength is that you've got so much negative, uh, uh, sorry, mechanical advantage. You have a mechanical disadvantage because those other two joints are at so much stress to carry a motor that far out. And one of the things that's really, really happened underneath the covers here is that we've made these materials so lightweight and so capable. And then we've added AI to it. And then we've added really great electronics to it, stronger motors that those things have all become possible. And and it's one of the neatest things about robotics is that it's kind of a renaissance art that brings all those things together in the best possible way. And and we're seeing advancements in AI that I could talk about all day long too that are enabling this. I mean, the the AI that we run at Deep Sentinel, which is vision-based mostly, what we're running in your house or in your business on this little tiny $300 device is better than the AI that the NSA had 12 years ago. Yeah. Right. One that for a second too. better than what the NSA had a few years ago. It's just nuts. Well, it's interesting with AI because I did a speech probably two or three years ago uh, that I was doing for designers out there about designing and presenting to clients in virtual reality, for instance, and doing some of that stuff and using AI to help in design and trying to get us thinking about designing kitchens and really starting to do some of this stuff and presenting it where people could do it in a virtual world and mixing AI into that. It didn't get, didn't get received really well because, you know, I think people weren't ready for that, but I I think when Mm -hmm. we're getting into building design and all of this other stuff, I think there's a lot of different things with technology that are going to change how we do things moving forward. Well, I think we're, we as a population are getting more comfortable with different, different types of AI. You've got like, Amazon's recommendations that I think people now take for granted. They don't feel they're creepy. Whereas 20 years ago, that was one of the technologies I worked on when I was at Amazon. People thought that was super creepy at the time. And it was an invasion. I feel like there is this negative connotation when people think about AI. So, you know, from your perspective that you know it so well, what do you feel like, what are some legitimate fears that people have? Like, I guess, what do you see could be potentially, um, you know, a downside to AI? And then of course, what do you think is the most the biggest potential on the upside. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the two the two big ones that people talk about. 
the the first one is like the the AI gets so smart it launches a nuclear attack on us, right? And and I saw that movie. Um, and that's, I saw that. Too. Yeah, exactly. I've seen a lot of those movies, right? And that one's that one's definitely something that, that I think is is front of mind for a lot of people. Um, that said, though, I think it's also pretty controllable, right? Like, don't ever put those things into the same systems, right? Yeah. And um, and so. That one I don't worry about too much. The other one is just that it becomes sentient and kind of super surpasses us in our capabilities. Um, I would be more concerned about AI uh, taking over menial uh, work mm-hmm. for us, right? You mentioned hanging up sheetrock, and what I, what I worry about more is like drivers, right? I mean, driving is a huge part of what keeps the American econ- yep. economy yep. going. It provides great jobs to a lot of Americans. And I think we got to be prepared for the time when our, our automated driving is going to be better than human beings for a lot of these tasks. And so that's the one that I think about the most is really how do we change our economy? How do we up level and retrain our population so that we can deal with these things that, that I don't think those trends are stoppable, right? Because if we don't build autonomous cars, I'll tell you, China will, yeah. right? And then and they're going to have a huge advantage over us. And then our goods are going to be too expensive. And then our services are going to be too expensive. We're just going to start importing more stuff from China. And that's the last thing I want to see us do, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think we've got to have great trade relationships with right, China right. for sure. But like, don't want to see that happening. I want to see us being very forward thinking about how do we think about our labor and our skill sets and our quality of life so that we maintain the things that make America amazing and and keep those going. So that's, that's my fear side. On the amazing side, man, I, I will, and I've called you man twice. Dude. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm she's used to me. So she's I, trained. <laughs> Girlfriend. Um, so you know, I, there there are a bunch of things that are really amazing with AI right now. The the one that I think is the most life changing. Uh, there are two. The first one is vision, and that's what we do at Deep Sentinel, and and the ability to interact with all these videos and images that we see. And not just do simple things like saying this is a person or this is a dog, but identifying things like, hey, I think this is a theft. I think this this man is assaulting this woman or this this man is committing a, a crime. And I think those are things that are on on uh, the possibility set in the next two to three years. And, and we're already starting to do experimentations on that. We're doing a, a pretty amazing job of seeing what that can do. The second one is as it relates to healthcare. And there are huge unsolved problems, cancer, uh, the uh, heart issues, um, ingrained genetic problems. And obviously these have uh, negative sides too, as well in terms of uh, genetically modifying things. But Google just released an AI about four months ago called AI AlphaFold. And AlphaFold has figured out a way to solve a genetic problem. Eric, you mentioned VR that we've tried to solve in VR for about 25 years and we failed. And AlphaFold is able to figure out how genes turn into proteins. And that means that you can start figuring out which are the wrong genes that are making this protein that's causing cancer, which are the wrong genes that are allowing coronavirus to spread inside of our body. And so it's unlocked this entire field of personalized medicine and solving for problems like genetic genetic diseases, whether they're brain or cancer. It is amazing. So as a healthy home expert, right, my job is to go and investigate homes and find out all these toxicity from contaminants to radon to mold to, yes. I mean, it's endless, right? 
So it's like, if I could have something in a home that monitors, right? We, we talk about these sensor monitors all the time. And, you know, I've dealt with overseas and China and creating these sensors and these sensors just stick. They're not reliable. They can't think for you. The, the guy cuts the grass and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, VOCs, my VOCs are up. I'm like, well, is somebody cutting the grass? Like we need that piece to work with the <laughs> sensor, right? To tell yeah. them, hey, it's okay. The grass cutter's there. Hey, it's okay. Your wife just sprayed Lysol in the house. Like that's why these levels are slightly elevated. So I see so much potential with healthy homes because that's where Eric knows that's my passion. That's my business for 25 years, getting people to really understand what a healthy home is and i could see where that information that you provide could be really useful oh my gosh right i mean we've been joking around as a population with you know late night tv commercials about fixing these healthy problems and you know using whatever home remedy to fix that this is real right this is actually unlocking the human chromosomes and figuring out where do these proteins come from how can i maybe instead of applying a, a broad-based steroid, which is how we solve almost all problems right. of our, auto, you know, our autonomics, which is horrible, by the way. You're also shutting down all of your resistance to diseases, by the way, when you do this. Really. <laughs> you mean well, compromised, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, tiny, tiny detail. Now we can be much more precise. We can say, here's the problem, and here's the gene that we need to shut down, and here's how we can shut it down. And here's how we can use your own genes to help shut that down. Like, the ability to actually unlock very specific points in our body that are that are getting exposed or problems in, in our food. Oh my gosh, like don't get us started there. We already mentioned McDonald's, but like you don't have to click very far there to figure out what's going on with your food there. I mean, though all those things become really amazingly possible with this next generation of technology. Well, you think about it in, in your refrigerator, for instance. We're not far away from you walking up and touching the front of your refrigerator door and it knowing what's in the refrigerator and telling you what things you have in the refrigerator, what are your cooking options for what you have <laughs> and turning the stove on behind you and the, in the range hood on and starting the process or starting the oven, knowing what's in the refrigerator. That's cool. I like yeah, that. I mean, and, and if you look at like healthy living, right? I mean, you have to be the biggest believer in this. Convenience is really, really important. My dad has diabetes and the reason he eats sugar every day is because he loves dried fruit and it happens to be right there. And, and he'll eat healthy if it's easy, mm -hmm. but he doesn't. And and so we, we've got to, I, I think, bringing intelligence to making our lives safer, more convenient, healthier, that's where I think we can just have make a huge debt in the universe. And I think on a side note, too, I mean, we're pretty close, it seems, to helping people with spinal cord injuries and things like that, where we can, you know, work around some of those damaged areas in our spine where we're going to see people in wheelchairs are going to be pretty rare compared to people out there starting to, to get back into physical therapy and actually get back into walking. I hope so. I sure hope so. Right. I mean, and when, when you look at the body too, I mean, it's so complex. I, 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 I would hope that eventually, and I don't know where you guys sit on this one, but that we figure out how to integrate the, the different types of, of being healthy, not just Western medicine inject drug exactly. and like drown it out. Amen to that. Which, by the way, brother. is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff's amazing. Yeah. Like, let's not get that wrong. But it is not going to solve our ills. We no. need to get in front of these things. We have to live in healthy spaces. We have to live in a space where we take care of our bodies. And the and the more tailored and intelligent that can be for us, man, I, I I'm a big believer in that. I mean, and, and let me just be clear though. I think Western medicine is amazing. My dad that I just mentioned. He had a heart attack two weeks ago and he, and it was, it was a life-threatening heart attack. Like he, he would be dead if that had happened 30 years ago. 
And uh, because they were able to identify the heart attack at our driveway, they had the stent and the surgeon waiting for him at the hospital. By the time my mom got the diagnosis, he was in recovery. And he's recovered fully because of that. Zero heart damage. Wow. 40 minutes from heart attack. To, so like, look, I, I, am, <laughs> I appreciate and I'm a big believer in Western medicine. I just know that it doesn't solve it doesn't, all these other problems. It doesn't yeah. solve everything. And that's what, you know, as an indoor air quality professional for 20 years, we've been talking about COVID-19. You can imagine what my plate has looked like for the last two years of my life. And we, you know, everybody's turning to big pharma, big pharma, big pharma for the answer. But we know in this industry, this is not the last pandemic. We know there's more to come. We know there's more viruses yep. and we've got to orchestrate and structure the houses so that one, look at the AI intelligence. It tells us the censoring systems are telling us what's there. And then we can provide the ventilation and the filtration mm -hmm. to help deal with it. And we can't, it's not a one-stop approach and nothing ever is, you know, that as an entrepreneur yep. and myself knowing that too. Right. So, but people are so hesitant to change. They don't want to embrace that wider viewpoint that it's a lot of different things that are going to make it work, not just one. I mean, it, it, what, what's crazy to me, you mentioned I, something that's obviously timely relevant is, I mean, COVID has disrupted our lives so incredibly much over the last two years. And we still, as a society, have not adjusted to fix the problems about why we didn't respond earlier. That's right. Right. We haven't fixed the problems in testing. Yep. We have not fixed all the problems in uh, in early detection from our medical information systems. We have not fixed our PPE supply chain problem. We have not fixed our, <laughs> I mean, masks are great, but like uh, filtration is a way better right. solution and more scalable longer term, right? I mean, I, I have asthma, so our house is basically a surgery room throughout everywhere already. <laughs> uh, but maybe most people don't have uh, surgical HEPA filters in every room of their house. They probably should. But right. really, those are the types of things that I, I am blown away at how resistant we are to that change. What you just said resonates so deeply with me because a lot of the things that we have to change are systemic. They're not huge, right? But they are systemic. We need to make them. We need to make them proactively. And we have to start being able to prevent these things and detecting them early. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of incredible. Like if you just look at cholera, not to go off on this, but cholera was a perfect example. When we were combining our wastewater with our drinking water, we had disease, right? So what did we do? Turns out. Right? <laughs> so what did we do? But we learned and we said, oh, hey, we've got to structure environmentally these things differently so we don't get disease. But here, now here we're faced with COVID-19. We don't want to look at the environment at all. We're just looking at, okay, let's try to find this cure, this cure, this cure. But the old time, they looked at it, well, why don't we improve ventilation? Why don't we improve, you know, the space that we live in? Make sure that we're having filtration. Like, it just blows my mind. We did it back then, and now we don't do it. I mean, there's a bunch of different commentary about that one that we can go through. I mean, I, I, would, just, I would say this, and I think everyone of every ilk would agree that, that we have a, a society that needs to be brought together, mm -hmm. right? And, and this is, I'll bring it back to Deep Sentinel a little bit. One of my yeah, observations <laughs> about political yeah, schisms is, and I read this great book about Palestine and Israel, and, and it's this concept of a zero-sum game. When everyone feels threatened, when they don't feel safe, their willingness to explore the possibilities of what the future might hold goes away. They're unwilling to say, if I change, it could be better in the future. And so my fundamental belief of my, you know, my personal contribution to this world and what I, I believe is that if we can help make people feel safe, I want you to feel safe in your political views. I want you to feel safe in your personal views. I want you to feel safe in your home and in your business. And if I can do that, we can open up an opportunity to come together as a country, regardless of our politicians. I, I think the other thing I hope all of us can agree on, 
whether you're on the left or the right, is that those guys don't do it for us. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we got to be able to talk to each other. Right? 100%. We got to be able to work this out together and then tell them what we want them to do instead of having them tell us what, what they want to do. Yes. Yeah, my, my, my argument always has been with, with politicians is there's lots of money to be made right. by dividing us all. And, and so uh, I want us to feel works. safe. I want us to talk to each other. I want us to work things out, you know, and, and that to me, that that's that all comes down to safety. That all comes down to health. If we can provide those things, I think we can have a healthy country regardless of our political system. And that's, you know, I think that's something that's so important for all of us. Yes. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Well, where do you see Deep Sentinel going forward? I know you probably have a lot of stuff that's under wraps and things like that, but uh, do you have a vision of even taking it to the next level, even though that you're way ahead of everybody yeah, I mean, else right now? I have two things that I think are really important. Right? Number one is that I think Deep Sentinel has to stay a private company. That security being private, especially when it's this type of surveillance security, I don't want the city of San Francisco or the city of Pleasanton where I live to have this stuff and this level of capability being applied this way. I want this to be about us protecting our homes. And so I, I think there being a better relationship between um, private and, and public so that like I want access to the, to the um, uh, facial recognition of all of the criminals in the area so my, my personal customers can be protected, right? And, and let the government do what the government does well, but keep this private. And I think when we get to the point that we can get that relationship and get a pervasive view and, and be making everybody feel safe in their homes, that's that's number one for me. The next one, though, is where I think we start doing these, these network effects where I am protecting 10 people in our neighborhood and that starts building on itself and it starts changing not just the shape of my customers, but their communities. We just had a neat thing happen with a city, it's still, it's still kind of a, a little bit confidential, but one of the cities in, in uh, our, our area here saw the impact that, that they had 20 businesses in their neighboring city installed Deep Sentinel and it changed the downtown, like fundamentally changed all the economics of the downtown. So that city passed a grant program to help their customers get it everywhere. And that sense of like pervasive safety where it's not coming from the government that to me, again, that's just a game changer in terms of the way that we treat each other, the way that we interact with each other. Uh, I, I love that concept. And, I, and I, again, I think it's really important that it not come from a governmental agency uh, and, and that it be a pervasive sense of safety of us protecting ourselves and us protecting each other. That to me is a, that's an ideal outcome for me. Uh, so there's a lot of different technology that we're developing. We've got, uh, like I said, some AI that helps detect specific types of crimes. We've got AI that help kind of identify those things way before they're actually happening. And that's that's a technology that helps that scale out much faster. Man, no kidding. Because, you know, for instance, right now, I, I live outside of Portland, Oregon, and I love this city here. But um, with the condition of things downtown, I don't take my <laughs> wife down there for dinner anymore. We stay local just because I don't want my every time I, I think of going down there, even for an event, I go, oh, man, am I going to have to file a. Uh, police report and get the window yeah. in my SUV fixed. Am I going to, you know, or windows? Yeah. I mean, if you park too long, you know, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things that it's like, yeah. Oh man. And having that in an area makes a heck of a lot of sense because all of a sudden you can instantaneously change the reputation of that neighborhood by just stopping that crime. So the police have something to 
react to and can make a difference. Yep, that's exactly right. right? I mean, and, and, and you know, I mentioned that one of the things that the police love about us is that we don't call them to respond to a lot of stuff. Most of the time, like we we, we have these businesses that have a homeless problem in their area and the, the homeless people are leaving stuff in their doorway and, and most of the time they just go away. Right. And, and it's it's cleaning up the neighborhood without having to use force and having to use this highly con- contentious confrontation to resolve it. Where, you know, just just to be frank, right, like if I were a cop, I'd be bringing my gun to that. But if I'm the other person, like I don't I don't want to have somebody with a gun dealing with me just moving off of a property. And, and so it's a win for everyone that the community is not having to have that type of a confrontation at all. And, and I think the more and more that we can do that by doing prevention instead of reaction, man, just things get better and better and better. Man, no kidding. No kidding. Well, Dave, is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you wanted to touch on, man? Because th- this is good stuff. No, we got we grabbed everything. <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean, I could talk about all my DIY projects, but then my wife would probably listen and then she'd find out about them and they'd be done. So we'll have to. We'll have to- Last thing we want to do is add on to that honeydew list that is already probably pretty long, like everyone's in the United States right now. It's it, it's not too bad. I mean, I it, I got it down from four hundred pages to three hundred. Dude, nice. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I am jealous. So, where's the best place for people that have listened to this going? I got to get this. Where's the best place for them to go? Well, certainly you can go to our website, which is deepsentinel.com. But my favorite place to share about Deep Sentinel is our YouTube page. And that's because it's just legit videos. Every single week, we produce a video of some of the best crimes that we stopped that week. And it's just, it, they're all 100% real. Nice. That's right? awesome. And these are the things like that watching cops, if you Eric. are a ring, you're like, I wish it's I could like, do that. I can go on there and just watch cops all day. That's great. <laughs> real, I mean, like- we have people that have watched all of them. Let me just be clear. And, but but that's why. like. And it's real. It's not, none of it's made up. None of it's tra- no dramatic or dramatized. It's real dirt. Just, just stop these crimes. Get these people away from my property. How cool is that? How cool is that? Dave, thanks for coming on today, thanks, man. Dave. You are always welcome back on Around the House. This has been a great time with you today. Yeah. Thank you, both of you. It's been a, it's been a blessing and, and very, very fun. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. house. Thanks for listening to the Round the House Pro Insider. We'll see you next time.